0: You never know what tomorrow is going to bring. So go enjoy it now. See the world. Apart from us being a nuclear family, we used to just come home on layups for months at a time. But now I'm like, no, we need to go explore.
1: Are you an RV person? Or are you just RV life curious? Wondering how people live in a tiny space with their family 24-7? Either way, this is a podcast for you. My name is Kate White, and I travel full-time with my family and two kids and the dog in an RV. Every week, I sit down either with a fellow RV woman to discuss why she She Chose RV Life and How She Has Changed on the Road, or with a special guest who speaks on a topic relevant to travel life. Pull a chair up to the fire, and let's chat. Hey friends, real quick before the interview begins, I want to let you know that the RV Queen Circle's online community is open for new members this week, February 5th through 9th. If you are an ambitious RV woman that's looking to connect with like-minded new friends, this is the place for you. Check out the two different tiers that we have available at rvqueenspodcast.com slash community and find your new RV BFFs today. (laughs) I can't wait to see you in there. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, Andy, and welcome to the RV Queens podcast. How are you today? Good. It's
0: good. I hope you are.
1: Yes, I am doing wonderful. I'm in Florida in January and it's like a perfect 70 degrees out. So I definitely cannot complain. (laughs) Where where are you guys these days? We are in our house in Nash County, North Carolina. Oh,
0: nice Just for two days.
1: (laughs) And then you're headed back on the road for a bit.
0: Yeah. Yep. Joey, my husband, is a nuclear worker, so he's got a contract in Richmond, Virginia. And we're going to be in Virginia until August, hopping back and forth between Richmond and Williamsburg. So,
1: Well, cool. I haven't been to that area yet, but I've heard it's beautiful. So I'm excited to check it out one day. I'm also excited to chat with you today because your family has one of the most unique travel stories I've ever heard. Um, and like I never met anyone else that's like, what do you call it? a travel nuke worker. Fascinating. But I want to start the conversation back before you lived in an RV. You guys have actually been traveling full time since 2012, right? So Joey got the job
0: in 2012. And we used to rent Airbnbs and hotels. And that, you know, kind of got hard with kids. So I was like, dude, I need my own space. (laughs) Are we can not be keep doing this
1: yeah so tell me like what was your life like between 2012 and then when you guys started rving in 2018 like did you have kids back in 2012 and then you know the more kids you had (laughs) so tell me tell me how that (laughs) whole like period of your life went
0: okay so in 2012 i was 22 and he um got this job offer to travel and i was like yes i am all for it we didn't have any kids And um, I grew up a nomad. My dad was in the military. So every two years we moved anyway. So I was ready for that adventure. He had never left Nash County before, except for to go to Washington, D.C. and Myrtle Beach like twice. Um, So we owned a home and we got on the road. It just sat there empty and we would rent like Airbnbs or go to hotel rooms. And we hopped around until 2015 when I got pregnant with my first child. She's nine now, and we got off the road for two and a half, three years, hoping the family dynamic would like come together with extended family. And it didn't for three years. And we are kind of holistic and we have boundaries, and being back stationary wasn't for us. So we hit the road again. But this time we had her, just the one kid, and we would do Airbnbs. We did two Airbnbs before I was like, get me a camper or get me back home (laughs) because it was so hard having this toddler loading up everything every single time. Some of his jobs are three weeks and some are a year. So it was getting hard. I needed my own space. Yeah. And insert RV life. We did this before I realized like RV life is the cool kid thing. So um, (laughs) I recently did start making RV friends within the last year. So life got a little bit more friendly and happy and joyful. Just like within this last year, because before then, it was getting kind of lonely. We had our second in 2021. And then six months later, I'm like, I need a new RV or get me home. (laughs) So we upgraded and now we're on the road. I'm happy as a clam and I'm ready to go explore. We have our own space and um, I actually have no desire to be home when we have to come home. Because okay, we still own a home that we come to and it just sits empty until he's ready to Get laid off and not take any jobs and have a break.
1: Wow, that's a lot. So, first of all, like, how did you know you wanted an RV? Like, are there other nuclear worker families that live in RVs or had you RV'd before? Like, how did you know that's what you wanted to transition to?
0: At the time, 90% of his coworkers all had campers. Now they have kind of like ebbed out of that and they're all just doing Airbnbs. But that's what gave me the idea. Joey has never RV'd and I have never RV'd. It was just like what his coworkers had. Now, he's a super handyman. So he, he dro- we have trailers and equipment. So the logistics wasn't scary. So he was like, all right, let's do it. And with Joey's job, the cool thing is he gets per DM on these jobs. So every day he gets a untaxed government amount that he's given for like cost of living. And that pays for a camper. So these guys who rent Airbnbs are giving somebody else their money. And we're like, no, we're going to own something.
1: You talk a lot about emergency preparedness. And I'd love to hear in your own words, like, why is this an important topic for your family? So
0: we just kind of follow the non-mainstream media and we see worldly events. Joey has actually been like into, he used to call it survival because he used to be like, you know, what if we don't have a house or we go into the woods or, you know, like what would happen if we had to escape? So now it's turned into what happens if like all the power grid shuts down? What, wh- how can we survive? And that's kind of fun to me. Um, thinking about food, water, safety, um, how to protect yourself. Like I am yeah. trying to be careful on here. Cause I, yeah. don't, I yeah. don't know your audience. So, um, yep. Yeah, so now I'm like, okay, well, we need to share about this as so some people don't know that you can travel with a lot of food in a lightweight way. You for us, that's freeze-dried foods. Or some people don't know, you can have life straws, these little things that like really filter out contaminants well. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: I hope I answered your question without getting too touchy.
1: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I love it. And you know, what's interesting. There's actually more people that we meet on the road that are uh, similar line of thinking. And I just had no idea this like the RV community is kind of there's a lot of people that think similarly (laughs) about things we
0: do meet a lot of people Joey gets to talk into the husbands and he's like man they're cool and what we're finding is people in the RV community are awake they see what's going on and they they kind of want to brush it away enjoy life and hop around but still knowing in the back of their head they need to be prepared I, I don't know I feel like not everybody, of course, but a lot of our RVers know what's going on. And then that's a lot of reason why they chose to, you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. So go enjoy it now. See the world. And apart from us being a nuclear family, we used to just come home on layups for months at a time. But now I'm like, no, we need to go explore.
1: I think it's more like a questioning mindset. Like a lot of people that the families that have chosen to live in an RV, like There is a point in their quote unquote normal American life where they're like, why are we all stressed out all the time? Like, why are we just putting up with the daily commute and the kids in the school all these hours? And, you know, like the questioning mindset, which I think really lends itself to be like, and what, like, what if something crazy bad happens? Like what, or or, like X, Y, Z. Okay. The one rabbit trail that I do want to go down And this is coming from, uh, okay, you're part of the RV Queens community, um, which is an online community for any listener that doesn't know. It's like, it opens up once a month and, you know, any RV woman can be a member. Super fun. There was one time you mentioned something about receipts and someone else in, in your group that month said, oh yeah, if you know, you know. And I keep forgetting to circle back with you. What is, what's the thought about receipts? Or tell me, what's the truth about receipts?
0: Receipts are printed on these like heat paper. Like they don't use ink in the paper that they're made out of is incredibly toxic. It's an endocrine disruptor and they're carcinogens. So we just don't touch receipts. So like, I love Costco, but I hate Costco. <laughs> like I'll take my my shirt and I'll be like, okay. And I always get the side eye like she's crazy. But you know, we just, um, they're incredibly toxic. That's that's I had no idea.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay, this leads into my next question, actually. So you're also really into like clean eating and living a low-tox life, right? How does that topic relate to your family's experience with Lyme disease?
0: Okay, so a lot of people think Lyme disease can be cured with 30 days of antibiotics. And my oldest, she's nine, she has chronic Lyme and we don't know where it came from, but without getting too touchy, her symptoms started after scheduled care in in the toddler world um so she's been through three rounds of the 30-day antibiotics and it got worse every time so then i you know going down this rabbit hole doing the google machine trying to figure out how to cure my kid who is frequently sick in the er hospital stays chronic ear infections hips joints swelling legs swelling i'm like this isn't growing pains, and this is not normal for my two and three year old to be like crying every night, nightmares, fe- fe- febrile seizures. Okay. So after the third round of antibiotics, something just hit me in the head was like, keep searching, but quit going to regular doctors. So then I find um, a naturopath, and they kind of opened their eyes to eating clean, like holistic, staying away from pesticides, staying away from dyes, artificial natural flavors which are not natural fragrances we stay away from all of that and it all stemmed from our naturopath saying hey her diet is pretty toxic so we stay away from seed oils and ever since we've just changed her diet her symptoms have drastically reduced they're not 100 percent, but like it's getting better and i i owe it to the diet so now we're like the whole family's doing this you're not allowed to have that i'm not allowed to have that and we're happier we're healthier and um
1: I'm really passionate about it. Hey friends, pardon the interruption. This is a sponsored episode and it's time for a short ad break. I love spending time outside with my kids, especially when we're traveling in the RV. Recently, we had a blast trying out some of Ilakai Outdoor's amazing outdoor games. Their games are inspired by nature and are incredibly durable, which means you can create lasting memories with your loved ones. And the best part... They're carrying cases. They're compact enough to take on the road with you. Be sure to check them out at elikaicom slash rvqueens and use the code rvqueens10 to enjoy a discount of 10% off your order. I I know
0: sometimes you mention clean eating too. Um, Is that the same for, for y'all? You stay away from all that stuff? or?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's been a journey of probably, I don't know, the past eight or nine years. And I think I'm... I try to think back to like when me and my husband started taking diet more seriously. My husband read a book on sleep when our son was about five months old and he would not sleep. It was like a whole thing. We had to like hire a sleep consultant and all all this stuff. And then like we were just, you know, as a parent, whenever you have something, just like you mentioned, you have something going on with a kid or in your family and you're like, okay, I'm going to deep dive and figure this out. So we went really deep on Sleep. Um, the guy's book, the author's name is Ooh, something Stevenson. I'm gonna have to look it up. I will put it in the show notes, people. Look for a book on sleep that I put in the show notes. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Um, but the guy who wrote the book was he grew up in, um, kind of an you know, he grew up in poverty to be honest. He grew up with like a horrible diet, but he. Uh, was an athlete. He got an injury, uh so he couldn't play anymore and then he gained a bunch of weight, he was getting super duper sick and he he basically turned his life around by um eating organic food, high quality meat, blah blah blah, all this stuff and now he's like he has this podcast and writes books about health and science and um like teaches people, you know, how to incorporate health and fitness and all this stuff. So It was eye-changing. That was the first real-life story we heard about someone completely changing their life just through diet. Um, My husband around that time also got, um, he found out he had two autoimmune disorders. One is thyroid and one is called vitiligo. And so it was like kind of this combination of things going on in our life. We're like, wow, we need to take food a lot more seriously. Then you go down the rabbit trail of how can you heal thyroid problems with food xyz and you know it hasn't been like a straight (laughs) as these things go it's not like immediately we removed all the toxic foods from our lives but over the years we've eliminated so many things that at this point we're a gluten-free family uh we don't have any seed oils in our house um we don't even have cane sugar in our house like we only cook with coconut sugar or monk fruit you know like it's uh, we don't drink soda. All these kind of things. It's funny to me, though, like back to the the RV conversation, we thought we were weirdos when we lived in Omaha in the city, you know, and people would be like, oh, do you need a gluten-free app? You know, like, they're coming over. What should we eat? It just felt like we we're kind of out of the box. There are so many yes. families on the road that we meet. And I'm like, oh, what? Like, <laughs> everyone else is doing this, too. Okay. Now we don't feel so crazy. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of our story on how we ended up here too. I hate that that's
0: the way you had to find out about it, but it's so cool that now your whole family's on that same path of eating healthy be- because of your sleep and your, your son's sleep and your husband's health. Has it helped him? Is he feeling better, your husband?
1: Well, yeah. At this point, he he also started seeing. It's not a naturopath; it's like a functional health doctor. I'm honestly not really sure of the difference, but. Um, he found a doctor that helped him, like wean, he like taught him how to wean himself off of his thyroid medication, and he's in the in the middle of that process. And then he also found some supplements that, um, you know, help heal his thyroid in combination with all the other foods. So, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to say. It's not like a hundred percent healed yet. Um, and then vitiligo is like a skin thing, you know, like where patches of your skin lose pigment. Um, I don't think, I don't think any of those have like, you know, healed back up, but it hasn't spread over the past, you know, several years. So to me, I'm like, seems like (laughs) not going to be stopping. Uh, I'm not going to go back to how we were before. To me, it's like the biggest difference is the energy that we have, um, how we eat now versus how we used to eat. It's just like huge night and day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, especially like when you go out to eat, we still do go out to eat and we, but we don't let the kids have sodas at all, or they, we bring our own waters. We're really big on clean water. And so every time when we come home, we're like, Oh, why did we do that? So we're getting to the point where I love going out to eat, but now I'm looking for farm to table restaurants or locally sourced, or, you know, like it's harder to go out to eat now. Eating out
1: is like, kind of a fun part of being a travel family because every area you go to has unique foods and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I was going to ask you, like, how do you guys find high quality food on the road? Like maybe separate from eating out just for kind of your daily foods and, and groceries and stuff. Um, how does that work for your family?
0: It's pretty fun. Okay. So we are big on supporting local too. So we always first, if it's in season, we'll go to farmer's markets um second if farmers aren't around we'll do um local butcher shops but you have to be careful with those because you you can't just go to a butcher shop and it's good you have to like really research where do they get their meat from Uh, you know all kinds of you have to really dig down rabbit holes everywhere we go somewhere different um (laughs) costco is our win we can always find we have staples now at costco our diet has gotten kind of boring because when we get up to these states like in new england it seems like health really or out west in the midwest like kansas and omaha it's really hard to find good well omaha i take that back because they've got Whole foods and stuff but like when you're in those areas it's hard right Our so, um, rural I areas a lot of rural. yeah there is a butcher shop in blair that we ri- right outside of omaha blair nebraska that we like it's uh, right on the other side of the butcher uh the railroad tracks so, next time you're back home if you want good meats, they do have good meats.
1: Okay, good to know. I didn't, I haven't heard that before. So, thank you. Uh, did you guys spend time in the Omaha area then? So, we lived actually
0: in Iowa, right over the bridge. There's a little campground in a woman's yard, and that's where all of us nuke workers go. Yeah, yeah. I know. I like right that where area. That is. So, when, every time you say Omaha, I'm, I feel like drawn to, even though I'm not from there, I'm like, that's where we spend a lot of our time. And I'm like, I can relate to her. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. It's kind of, it's funny when you live in a place for an amount of time, you kind of get like a cozy, reminiscent feeling. <laughs> what do you think back on yeah, that? Yeah,
0: exactly. Whenever we go back through areas, even Zoe, when she's, she, she's been at this her whole life and she's like, oh, I remember this, that store used to be there. Like, And it's just nice, like as a traveling family for your kid to really pick up on changes across the country. And she also picks up on um, mannerisms and habits and restaurants across the country, too. It's really cool. I'm excited to see our two-year-old transform into knowing the country.
1: Speaking of kids, you've got two kids. And tell me about your homeschooling approach. Are you guys curriculum-based, unschoolers, in between? What have you got going on? We
0: are primarily curriculum-based. We do a Becca. I'm not a very organized person, and I'm really like... Go with the flow. So if I didn't have a curriculum, she probably wouldn't be educated, (laughs) just to be honest. So we do that because I know I'm irresponsible and I'm like fun over education. That being said, we do take off Fridays and typically try to find something fun to do that's also educational, whether it's a children's museum, a farm, a state park, community, something community-based, We'll do something fun then. And I don't make her do any like paperwork on Fridays. And like if we're home, like we're home right now, family's coming in, want to see us. So I'm just like, whatever, we'll pick back up. So we use a curriculum, but we don't follow every day, Monday through Friday, you have to sit down and do it. Like as long as the paperwork is getting done and so that you're understanding it, it's not accredited. Even though a can be accredited, we chose not to because it's just so flexible.
1: That's awesome. I've heard a few families talk about a Becca, So it seems like a really... Really good program. Uh, uh, Speaking of community, you said you've got a lot of family coming in right now. So a lot of full-time RV families have Thousand Trails memberships, both kind of because of the price point, you get some good discounts, and also because... They know they'll meet other families there, but you guys probably don't have that luxury because your location is dependent on your husband's job, right?
0: This is kind of one of my favorite topics when people talk about homeschooling and RV life. Oh, how do you socialize your kid? (laughs) That's my favorite thing in the whole wide world. So here we go. Um, (laughs) First, Joey's jobs are longer, so I'll get on Facebook groups in that area. And I'll specifically look for play dates and homeschool field trips. And I just weasel my way into these women's friend groups. And if they'll have me, so we find homeschool friends that way. Zoe does martial arts, soccer, or gymnastics are her three favorites. She's done it all, but those are her three go-to. So wherever we are, whenever it's closer, we'll sign her up for that. I really like that she does um, jujitsu and Muay Thai because she's a girl and she needs to be able to stick up for herself. um, church, we always try to, if we're somewhere long enough, like at least a month, we'll try to find a church. And so with nuclear, we do get sent back to the same job. So it's always nice to find a church because we can go back and like, feel like we kind of have a connection. Um, and then I'm really vigilant on stalking my uh instagram friends and finding out where they're gonna be and like i don't write it down or anything but if like if you said i'm gonna be in the williamsburg area around august i'm gonna keep that here and come august like when are we meeting up so i i find a lot of friends on instagram just by being very vigilant and even if i'm not in the area and somebody else is like you are in the same area as my a friend named britney and i'm like oh They both have kids this size. They're both RVers. I'm going to try to connect them. And sometimes my friends get annoyed with me because they're like, well, we really don't we don't care to link up. But I always try because (laughs) community is such a big thing to me. I feel like it's a big thing to everybody.
1: (laughs) You just gave like some super good advice, though. I've never done that where I go on the local Facebook groups to find like homeschool outings or what's the other one that you said you do?
0: Mom groups, playdates. Homeschool field nice. trips or homeschool co-ops are actually the four I do. I don't really do the co-ops unless we're going to be somewhere for like four months to a year. And then the co-ops become kind of beneficial because she can get a sense of what other homeschool families look like. In case we ever have to get off the road, she can see that what to expect from yeah, wh- what our life would still look like. Because I'm always going to
1: homeschool. OK, that's brilliant. What what's other advice that you have for stay at home moms with young kids who travel full time? Because you also have a toddler, right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> he has rocked our world. So he's a tornado. First of all, like I keep a clean house, like it's not disgusting, but I also don't mind slime and play doh in that sand crap that gets everywhere. Um, markers, super washable. Draw on my dude. I don't care. It's gonna come off. Like I'm really relaxed about messes and a lot of moms would rather not deal with those messes and have like controlled cleanliness where i have learned quick with this one just to let go um and then also looking for mom groups and stuff um we take him to the park there's so many little kitty areas you can go to if you just get on i love the google machine just get on google um Toddler play near me. And then you're probably going to find like four or five different indoor gyms, whether it's somebody in their shop on their land put kid toys together where a bunch of moms can come together. In Omaha, there's one where you can like drop your kids off and then sit on the re- other side of the retaining wall and just have your coffee and let them run rip and tear because there's one entrance. Right. So I really yeah. try to utilize those places. But I'm getting to the point now where Zoe, she's like free tweening over here. And she's like, I don't want to go there. So um she gets a book. If she doesn't want to go play, <laughs> she can read because little man needs interaction, too.
1: Got a lot of energy he has to get out. And the nine-year-old maybe doesn't so much.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's chilling down a lot. So often, like, we'll go find places where he can, like, learn how to climb a tree or, like, in a little river. We'll let him jump on rocks and stuff because he thrives on being outside. It's a lot of work keeping him entertained. We're not going to lie. Like, oh, everyone's God. like, oh, you can do what like. No, I'm going to share the real truths like it's hard keeping littles entertained in a box
1: (laughs) right yeah i can't imagine even it's like the outside almost has to be part of the house because there's not enough room for them to run and and i remember when my mine were toddlers it was we had we lived in big you know three bedroom and stuff houses like with full basements and it's like they would live in the entire house so When you don't have that luxury, the outside is like, yes, this is an extension of our home. It has to be.
0: And we get sent to like Nebraska, Iowa, Connecticut in the winter. So that's when I immediately was like, immediately was like, all right, I'm going to let down all my rules. You can have markers. You can have slime and Play-Doh because you're like going crazy. I'm not taking you outside when it's literally negative 40 last week in uh, (laughs) Omaha. Relax on messes is my only advice. Like little, you can buy kid window crayons or bathtub crayons and we don't have a bathtub in our new camper i literally shut him in the glass sit on the toilet with it closed i'll get work done and he's just coloring his little heart away so that's another tip like bath crayons are where it's at
1: (laughs) all right and you've been traveling for a long time so i want to ask you a set of rapid fire questions to get your hot take on traveling in the u.s are you ready yes All right. Number one, what is the best campground in the U.S.? I, I know
0: everyone's going to say this, but so far it's a resort and it is Camp Margaritaville, Dale.
1: I knew you were going to say that. That's awesome. Yeah, that place is and awesome. That's where right I met you in real life. That's <laughs> right. It's so pristine. That's what I can't get over when I visit there. I'm like, wow, everything's just so manicured. It feels like you're in like you know, when you go to like a high end, res- like, you know, hotel resort and everything's just so that's what it feels like, except it's an RV resort. It's so trippy. OK, sorry, I'm, I'm interrupting my own rapid fire set of questions.
0: <laughs> no, you're OK, because it feels like you're in the Matrix. It feels like it's not real, like you're in a simulation because it's so perfect. That is so true. That's what
1: it's, it feels like. All right. Number two, what is your favorite state? in the US?
0: Florida, hands down. Like, I don't care about the alligators and hurricanes. I will live there. I'm I'm so jealous you're there, Florida.
1: What is the worst state in the US?
0: Hands down, Connecticut.
1: (laughs) Best outdoor adventure you've had with your kids? So recently,
0: Rainbow Springs, In Florida was awesome. There's no manatees, but there's turtles and fish. And it's so just, it's clear.
1: What is the worst outdoor adventure you've had with your kids?
0: Oh man, there's this hike in Connecticut that we got lost on. And it was like some freaking incline in Connecticut. Not judging anybody, but legit drug heads like just coming out of the woods in the middle of nowhere and we're lost. So Connecticut, there's a hike, Sleeping Giant. Is the name of it. <laughs>
1: okay. My gosh. Just gonna avoid that state at all costs. Uh one thing you can't live without in the RV.
0: Oh, my reverse osmosis water system that's tied into our RV, like clean water all the time. You
1: have to stop traveling and settle down today. Where would you stop?
0: The Redlands, South of Miami, and Florida.
1: Man, I haven't even heard of that. Okay. Well, Noted. I'm gonna
0: send you a list of all the things to do. It is hidden gym.
1: I'm seriously sitting over here taking notes as you're talking. So thank you for sharing your knowledge. Um, Okay. A couple more questions and then I'll have you share with everyone or where everyone can connect with you online. Um, When you think back to Andy before RV life and Andy now, what has changed?
0: I'm a lot more confident uh, because I'm just with my family. I'm not, I don't have a boss. I don't have to please anybody. I have to please my family. And that has grown me. I'm like, when, when people do try to step on boundaries, I'm like, hold up, you're not taking care of me. So like finding myself and finding my voice, hands down.
1: I love that answer, so good. Okay, the slogan for this show is a podcast about unexpected riches. So what would you say is the unexpected richness that you have found from RV life?
0: Um, coming closer as a family, like I had no idea living closer was gonna bring us closer together. Zoe last night was saying, just ready to get back in my camper. I just feel like we're more together. And like that touched my heart. Like I, I, yeah, just we're just a lot closer as a family. Like we still want to like throw some elbows sometimes, but we're closer. <laughs>
1: All right, Andy, will you share with listeners where they can connect with you online? Yes, uh, we are Nuclear
0: Nomads on Instagram and... um Really, that's where I put all of my love and attention. So Instagram, nuclear.nomad.
1: All right, girl. Well, thank you for being on the show today. And hopefully I will see you on the road.
0: We will, for sure.
1: (laughs) Yes. Awesome. All right. Bye, Andy. All right, my friends. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode and for being my favorite part of RV life. If you could please like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on, that would be awesome. And listen, if you want to have conversations like I had on this episode with your fellow RV women, head to rvqueenspodcast.com slash community And choose your RV Queen Circle today. All right, guys, I'll see you next week, or hopefully, I will see you on the road. What? Like,